Has anyone ever told you that you're special? Maybe a friend, or a mentor, or a romantic interest? In a weird twist, it could be all three. But most likely this sentiment came from a parent. You know what I mean. Oh, there's no one like you. Oh, you're the best. Oh, you're so talented. So handsome. You could be the president someday. To which the reply is almost usually, Thank you, mother. I appreciate it. There is a part of us that desperately wants what our moms told us to be true, to be special, to be unique, to have something to offer that nobody else does. That desire is natural, and, and I don't mean to diminish the value of diversity, but can everyone be special? Can everyone be unique? Or does that inherently mean that no one is? And when everyone's super... <laughs> no one will be. Now, we can debate whether everyone being special is a good and desirable thing or even possible, but what about traits that are truly rare? Do you know there's a subset of the population that is so rare they only make up 0.17% of the population, but I bet that you know someone with this exact genetic anomaly. There's a popular belief that they may not have souls. They are known as gingers, redheads, carrot tops. That's right, I'm talking about the unique combination of fiery hair, blue eyes, and fair freckly skin. These unicorns among us have had many legends about them over the years. Some say they are double jointed, some say they can't exist in California, and still others say redheads are twice as likely to enjoy the Star Wars sequel equals than the average fan. Never tell me the odds. Having red hair only appears in 1-2% to 2 of the world's population, and the odds of having both red hair and blue eyes is a minuscule 0.17%. So my guest today is a red-headed rarity to say the least, and he joins me now in the studio, Michael Schaumler. good to have you on the show finally great to be here um so uh, what about the intro what about being a ginger or redhead did we get wrong right off the bat i mean most of that sounds right i mean i i am double jointed apparently i didn't realize that this Ooh. means you're double jointed one day i was just stretching my hands like this and my wife your sister yeah was uh ah, what are you doing she's like <laughs> i can only do this and i was like what are you a non-ginger a non-ginger non yeah yeah that's hilarious um yeah so Huh, I have a soul, though. I will have to clarify now, that. Now, we, we can't confirm or deny the existing in California as a ginger is impossible because you've never been, correct? I have never been to California. But you're from Washington, right? I am from Washington, yes. Do you realize that hundreds of thousands of people from the other side of the world go on vacation to California every year, and you've never made it down? I have no excuse. Okay, well... It's on the to-do list. <laughs> maybe, uh... Gingers just don't have any excuses, neither. No, um, no. <laughs> Michael, before we before we talk about anything else, I want to I want to bring something up. People that know me and have known me before my sudden sharp rise to fame remember me with a darker shade of hair. Yes. Now this isn't even your unadulterated color of your hair, correct? Because this you lighten is it. Slightly lighter than my usual color. Okay. Yeah. This is way lighter than my usual way color. Way lighter. Because during Christmas. Uh, we were all just sitting around, bored, gorging ourselves on chocolate-covered everything you can think of yeah. from Costco. And Michael just comes upstairs with some of his lightener and goes, who would like to try this? <laughs> and the rest is history. There and check is. me out. And so my hair is uh, very light. I remember coming back after Christmas break to some of my coworkers, and they would walk into the office and go... What uh, happened? You just caught a lot of sun. Did you join a K-pop band? Yeah, what, what, what's going on there? Anthony, but uh, it's like, hey, in-laws, you know, stuff happens. Stuff happens. So, it's true. Anyway, I guess you're rubbing off on me in that uh, 
my hair's starting to look a little more like yours. Maybe I, uh, but I was born in California, so we'll see if I Would just disappear there? if we lighten it even more. That would never happen. <laughs> I guess one thing we need to talk about, I, I do have, I have very few problems with you and, and even fewer that I'm willing to share. One of them is, Noted. Uh, I think that the Star Wars prequels are decent, but not great. Um, it sounds like maybe you have a slightly different opinion. If it kind of grew endearing over time, like the cheese left in the back of the fridge. As long as it's Tillamook, this is not sponsored. As long as it's Tillamook cheese, then it's good in the back of the fridge. Great. Let's hop off the metaphor, though, because I anyway, think some people... Star Wars prequels. Here's the thing I have the most problem with, with the Star Wars prequels. So back in 1999, when they came out, when I was, I don't know, in second grade, that was the coolest thing that ever happened. Finally, the Star Wars movie came out. Went and saw it with theaters with my family. I remember that being a very positive experience. Just watching, like, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi played by Ewan McGregor and watching Liam Neeson and Qui-Gon Jinn just, like, bust out their lightsabers and start ripping through, you know, battle droids or whatever. Right. Over the years, the internet has tainted most people's opinion of The Phantom Menace. Because people say, oh, that movie was so bad. Jar Jar Binks. Misa, what what is even that guy, right? But I remember the prequel, the first prequel movie, just being a fun experience. And I watch it back now. I watch it. I go back and watch it now, and it's still good. I mean, it's not like the best movie that's ever been made. Sure, but it's a Star Wars film. It was the beginning of remaking or adding to the Star Wars franchise in my lifetime, at least. Right. And I look back on it pretty fondly. Maybe a little bit of a. I don't. I don't know if I disagree with you. I think. I think. For me, I, I think I went through a phase of, yeah, that was kind of hokey, and it came back around. It, actually, maybe it was just endearing instead. Yeah. And I kind of liked it, but it did open the Pandora's box to, now we can make things like The Last Jedi and The Book of Boba Fett and, and, and Solo, A Star Wars Story, and all of these um, veritable flops. I guess it was worth it in the end because we got Jar Jar Binks and the various conspiracy theories that he's really a Sith. We got Andor, which is really good. Andor was good. Mandalorian, three seasons of that. Yeah, most of that's been good. But, uh, yeah, I guess I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. So, but but Attack of the Clones, Here, here's the thing. When you get into Attack of the Clones and then Revenge of the Sith, I think one thing that they really, they really overestimated was their ability to do CGI well. And that's I know, I know it's, it, it was 20 years ago or whatever, and so we're judging them based on today's standards of you know, avatar type stuff. But, mm -hmm. but I think I kind of missed a little bit of like the, you could tell it's a puppet in the cantina, but that's endearing in its own way or these sorts of things. I don't know if you have any thoughts on if they went a little too overboard on the CGI, but I think there's some parts they probably could have gone away with, gotten away with, uh, with just classic, you know, chicken wire and sticks and putty. And sure, we're making I, some that... hand puppets and whatnot. Like, okay. like take Yoda for example. In Phantom Menace, he's a puppet. Attack of the Clones, he is just bouncing off the walls trying to kill Count Dooku. That yeah. like that transition between those two films was a little bit much for the CGI, but the story in and of itself in and of itself does set up you know, the the next film. They come, they build off of each other. But as far as like visual effects, there is a little much in yeah. Attack of the Clones. That it's kind of like differently. all the puppets left Star Wars and Sesame Street and just started working on Capitol Hill. They are the that... first ones in the unemployment line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, interesting thoughts on that. I know 
we could probably talk all day about Star Wars, but I think maybe it'd be interesting to, to move on to a couple other special things. If you've been watching my show, you've noticed a couple of things are always the same. Um, I'm usually in front of this background. Um, I typically am at least funny in my own mind, and uh, you all appreciate that, or at least a few of you do. You'll also notice that I'm usually wearing this wristband, uh, Midnight Atmosphere, written on it. That's the band that Michael is a part of. Yeah. And so I am a fan, and I'm always uh, repping, repping the brand Thanks, for my guy Michael. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. So, like, share, and subscribe. Hey, exactly. Here and on the Midnight Atmosphere page, of course, but especially here. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hear that? That was a laugh. But uh, no. So um, one thing, one thing I like to to do on the show is just speak openly about uh, people and what what they. You know what makes them special and what makes them different and their unique experiences so um i think one thing that that makes our story kind of fun michael is we actually have the same birthday we do and uh, on some occasions we have shared the birthday experience together and uh i'll go find the photo but i'll never forget what you gave me a couple years back oh yeah it's a good one the whole um, outfit tell me a little bit about how you came up with that um well if you know me, I'm a little extra when it comes to gift giving, usually. And I got some background knowledge about Anthony that you have a favorite color, which is red. And I ran with that. Right. Red jacket, red shoes, red Tony Stark glasses, the whole kit and caboodle. All of it. And it was a, it's a look. It was a, a look that he look. very rarely rocks. But yeah. it, when it is rocked, it is rocked well. I'm going to tell you, I, I wore the red shoes to a valentine's day party and a christmas party and that seemed to work out okay that, yeah, yeah when i wore them to just church oh a bunch of the dads were like don't click your heels or you go back to kansas or whatever like making little yeah, wizard of Oz jokes yeah exactly it's like okay so these are for special occasions only but i don't know we have fun um combining birthdays is an interesting thing our family is a little bit extra and over the top when it comes to celebrating holidays yeah um what did you notice about that and other differences between our family cultures? Because I know you had a little bit of your own culture shock. Oh, yes. Uh, when you joined in the Jarvis clan. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, so backstory, a little context. Like, I didn't grow up celebrating holidays. That's a new thing that I've been doing for the last, like, six or seven years. And going from not celebrating holidays at all, then, like, slowly integrating them into my life. Then, boom, 2020. Yeah, 2020, the first christmas with the jarvises it's like christmas on steroids there are gifts up to the rafters there's christmas breakfast christmas lunch christmas <laughs> dinner yeah christmas dessert there's christmas activities and that's i mean that's just one holiday and then there's nothing, nothing wrong with that just like now what i'm used to a little extra it's a christmas. little extra it's like not not necessarily too much of a good thing but it's like a lot of a good thing it's christmas every day and that i think some of your interests where we have a little overlap is uh, being somewhat of a product of the 90s we both got into uh pokemon me oh, yeah. not as much as you but uh i remember every christmas you've organized a family pokemon tournament uh, we, yes. uh, we play if you had to rattle off maybe a favorite pokemon what would it be or who would it be i suppose my favorite pokemon is dragonite why is that he is a big cuddly delicious looking dragon and what more do you want just like he can either hu hug you and make you feel warm and cuddly and loved, or you can just vaporize you with a cyber beam. Hmm. So it's like he's powerful and 
and chubby like me <laughs> i was gonna say it sounds like you're projecting a little but i i didn't want to say it first that's hilarious um i think if i had to go with a favorite pokemon it'd probably be oh charizard i guess because mm. he was a titular character in some of the early stuff yeah, and it, i liked some of his early cards Dragonite. Yeah, I, I think maybe we can make a little parallel with how Pokemon has gone with a lot of things in America. Yeah. Um, politics, online discourse on social media, it, it feels like everybody's attacks have increased and so has their HP. And now we have this inflated... I, I don't know if you share this opinion on new Pokemon cards, but they have like twice three times the stats as the originals oh 100 and it just feels like a nuclear arms race uh, on the same level as how we talk to each other online now yeah and how we talk about politics so is there something to the fact that there's a bunch of charizards and and dragonites running around out there um when it comes to other things in life do you, do you feel like that's a coincidence or was that just yeah i think that's in correlation there i think like you know back in the day the original like Charizard Pokemon card in like 1997 had 120 XP mm -hmm. or uh, HP, and now he has like 400, right? 500, and you know your original starters Bulbasaur, Squirtle, and um, and Charmander 50 HP. Now they have like 80, right? And I think as time has gone on, kids have gotten bored. Like, oh, this I'm gonna use Scratch. That does 20 damage. Now it's like, okay, I'm going to flip three coins, roll ten dice, and if, this, if it's a Tuesday, this does t double the damage. <laughs> it incinerates your whole bench or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I get four I, prize cards now. And you're like, but, my, no, that's not. Yeah, so they're adding a lot of yeah. rules to Pokemon. I think the yeah. term I would give to it is power inflation. Oh, totally. Yeah. So power inflation applies to Pokemon and other, other parts of life since the 90s. I mean, I don't like to get too political on the show. But but think about the parallel. Your show, so. It's my show. I can do, do what I can do whatever do. I want. Okay, so no. So the the power power inflation. So think about it. Who was the Republican nominee in two thousand twelve? Mitt Romney. Right. That's one hundred and twenty HP Charizard. Okay, you get to yeah. twenty sixteen, and it's like Charizard <laughs> EX <laughs> Platinum Edition shiny card. You can't even read it, Donald Trump. Right. So rated ten, right? If you watched any of the debates in 2012, which I, as a high school student, did, it was the most civil. You could eat your breakfast to it, and it was just very calm, cool, and collected. Sip your tea. We we get a few years down the road, and the power inflation in American politics is like it's you're off the wall. yeah you're on par with the Nazis, and if I'm elected, I'm going to put you in prison. And it was like, whoa! How did the, how do we go from like a 20 HP mudsling scratch from obama to like slash and burn wow total war i i don't know that, that's I what had, i think if of. i had answered that question <laughs> we wouldn't be on this show yeah well we would be answering questions over in washington we'd be out there somewhere else yeah. fighting the puppets that's for sure that's yeah. <laughs> but anyway i thought that was interesting and i think maybe yeah. a few other things have gotten that way too in society where um think about this when i was a kid my mom would be like, "Hey, don't, don't sit too close to the TV, or or, or stare into the It'll microwave. It'll melt your brain. It'll melt your brain." I'll think about like an Oculus or a or a you know VR headset. It's <laughs> strapped are, to your face. We're like, as close to the TV as you can get. Exactly, and and 
the eight-year-olds aren't buying it for themselves. It's their mothers that were raised by a mother that said, don't get too close to the TV. That's like, I want to strap the TV to your face. Yeah. I, it's kind of like that, in uh, <clears throat> Batman Forever when Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Like, he puts that like thing yes. the suction cup on their head and like, drains their brain juice. Exactly. That it's is like what that. VR is now. Yeah. And it, Anyway, that's that's another interesting thought I had. Yeah. Um, I do like playing VR games, though. You are not only a murderer, you are a hypocrite. No, no, no. You know, uh, you know, like the highlight reels of uh, grandmothers thwacking away oh, yeah, and like yeah. falling into the TV. I find China. Right, and it's like, oh, my tailbone, and you know, like they're yeah. like knocking into stuff, or or like they they think they're standing on the edge of a cliff, so they back yeah. up really fast into. My somewhere. Medicare doesn't cover this. Exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of what's covered and what's not. Michael works for Geico. I do. Um, the insurance company, I'm sure you all heard of them. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. On car insurance. On car insurance. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. That's good. Well, British Gecko. That's a good Martin impression, yeah. Thank you. That's His good. name is Martin. His name is Martin. Does he come to do corporate trainings with you guys? or He does not. Okay. But we wish he did. A guy in a suit, like one of the T-Rex suits? There is a guy in the suit. Uh, he comes around the office every once in a while. But I don't even go to the office very often. Uh, so I work from home mostly. But when I'm there, he's usually not. Never been in the same place at the same time. But I wonder if we could come up with um, something either more relaxing or intimidating than a British lizard to sort of... Like if, mm. it, if it was like the Godfather is the symbol of your insurance. Oh. You'd just call him and be like... I'll take care of you. It was your fault. Deal with it. Tell your lawyer it was your <laughs> fault. And then and then they're just like, it was my fault, or there's going to be like a gecko head in your bed in the morning oh or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just spitballing. That's graphic. I'm a little dark. Yeah, I don't know. but Because you got the other companies. Who, who's the make of it? Jake from State Farm. Limu, Emu from Liberty uh, Mutual. Yeah. Flow from Progressive. Flow from Progressive. And then Denzel Washington from Allstate. Is he still doing that? I don't know, but I know there's like the mayhem guy from Allstate oh, yeah, who's mayhem. always like yeah. destroying everything. And, and then you have like the general. What's the. Oh, it's Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, like the NBA player. And an actual general from like the U.S. military. Who is screaming at you every time you call. Go to the general and save some time, it's right? Like a threat if you yeah. don't. Yeah. Or we'll roll in with the tanks and show you how it's done. But. <laughs> which is funny because if you think about it, insurance. Car insurance is like, if you don't buy it, you're doing a crime. Yeah. Being uninsured is against the law. So at the end of the day, it is true that, like, a guy with a gun will come and get you if you don't get car insurance. Yeah. Because you're, like, a police yeah. officer. I'm saying it in a way that... They'll write you a ticket. Right. They'll and then if you don't appear fine. in court for that, they'll come get you. Here's an escalation uh, process. Exactly. But... See? Okay. Sure. The general. They'll say Shaquille O'Neal himself. generally true. <laughs> there you go. I like that. But uh, no, anyway, I, I think um, that's kind of a last idea there. I don't know what GEICO means or stands for, so what? what's the deal? Is that an acronym? Or? Yeah, it's an acronym. Okay. Yeah. It stands for Government Employee Insurance Company. So it's owned by the government? Is It was actually created for government employees in oh. the military back in the 30s. Really? Yeah. Um, at any point in time, was it like partnered with the government or... 
don't think it was ever partnered directly with the it's government. Just like created for employees. Of government them. employees, yeah, because they're coming back from the war. Like, we need insurance. Huh. Here you go. Here's Geico. Interesting. Like 1930s Anchorman voice. You learn something every day. Yeah. That is interesting. But the gecko of Geico didn't come into the scene until like the late 90s. Yeah. I don't think that really helps with people who are paranoid about like the lizard people. Like they're That's running everything. Point. I don't know. World of dinosaurs, monkey people, lizard people. Well, as kind of a parting thought, Michael, um, I, I view you as somebody, you know, I look up to you. You're somebody I see as uh, genuine, honest with yourself, intellectually and spiritually honest with yourself. Um, you've had experiences in your life, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. where you're presented with a new idea, belief, or information, and you're open-minded enough to consider it. Um, and I think that's getting rarer um, as as we face power inflation, we face a dearth of humility and open-mindedness. The real kind of open-mindedness, yeah. not, not the kind yeah. that's like, everybody do what you want. It's like, it, it takes 0% brain power to, to think that way. Exactly. But to be presented by a new argument information, either uh, religious, intellectual, or otherwise, mm -hmm. and, and sit there and go, hmm, let me think about that. I know I'm in my 20s or 30s. But I'm still willing to make a change in my life based on something that I learn or come upon. So do, do you have any thoughts about why that might be a dying trait um, in our society? How that's blessed your life and yeah. so on? Yeah, I think, especially in this day and age where information is available to you everywhere you go. It's, you know, on your phone, on your computer. It's, you can access information wherever you want. The thing is, though, that information is diluted and it's interpreted by other people who have followers or subscribers or whatever, and they tell, like, share, and subscribe. Yeah. They tell you what to think about the information that they have read for you. Hmm. Now, if we were just to go and read that information ourselves and form our own opinion, and if that opinion doesn't match up with like the masses believe, you are then shunned or scrutinized. Right. Right. So, in my own personal experience, if I can. You know, read through some information that I am curious about learning about, form my own opinion, and then then look at what the masses look at and be like, does this align with what I believe or does it not? Right. So I think if you can get to a point in your life where if you're wanting to pursue higher, loftier goals or learn more about a certain topic, as long as those potential changes don't hurt yourself or hurt your family or anyone close to you go for it then yeah go for it like our lives are meant <clears throat> to be lived and to be a joy and to you know learn talents and skills and to express ourselves creatively by any means that's legal and and fun yeah um but i think to answer your question more succinctly it's like that is a dying art because people are simply becoming more lazy and we don't want to humble ourselves and learn new skills or trades which yeah we just don't want to because we just pay someone to do it Right. You know? Uh, pick something up or change an opinion. You know, I'll just say this. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with a little good old-fashioned confirmation bias from time to time. Yeah. But it's kind of like a splurge. You you wouldn't make your whole diet out of birthday cake, but it's okay to have it sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, as long as you recognize it for what it is and realize that um, part of being honest with yourself is discovering and learning something new... And by the way, I've talked about this on the show before. You don't have to change your mind when presented with new information, but you should listen, right? be open-minded, 
Find out if what you're hearing, it hasn't been packaged up uh, by the thought police trying to sell a particular idea to you. Mm. Try and see through the biases, including your own. Um, and then if you don't change your opinion and they're reinforced, great. But you know you've been yeah. honest and open-minded. And I think that's that's the dying art. Yeah. Um, so at least then if you were going down that path, you'd be taking the opportunity to at least process that information. Not just be like, well, that doesn't align with what I believe. Right, right. By not even like looking into it at all, like at least like take a chance to process that information if it's if it sounds good great if you want to discard it fine but at least you've looked at it right for sure so anyway i i know we've gotten a little general with the idea but specifically in certain areas i've seen this work in your life michael and i admire that and that even when it comes to things like what to do for your job um what to believe about god in the universe around you um that's always something we should be processing and learning regardless of what stage of life we're in mm -hmm. So that's why I think it's impressive when someone like you has made changes in your life or even somebody much older. I, I really admire it when someone like that's 75 changes their worldview. Even if it's something I disagree with, it's like, right. that's cool. Yeah. You know, like that, that you would have the humility or the wherewithal to do that based on something you something you've stumbled upon. It's so. like the, the cliche of being <clears throat> old and set in your ways doesn't need to be the standard for everybody right they don't have to be paired together as you yeah. progress through life you get more stiffened in your positions and you know you you get more cemented in what you think but anyway michael you're an interesting guy you're an open-minded guy um i really enjoyed having you on the show um i know i'll have you back on soon to talk about some other things yeah and don't forget to like and subscribe because i the thought police want to influence you so don't forget to to reach out to the channel. But Michael, Just smash that like button, all right? Smash that subscribe button. Yes. For my boy, The Anthony Jarvis Show. Thank you, Michael. There and, it is. And uh, we'll see you all next time.